Radio. This is your host, Trevor Ritson. As always, my co-host, Steve Smith, is joining me. Yeah, we have actually four people on this podcast. It's a rare, it's rarity that we have. I usually have one guest. We have two guests tonight. So first guest we have, Nick, can you introduce yourself? Of course. Um, I've been pro Nick Trujillo. I'm also a contest prep coach and, um, you know, any type of prep coach, basically. You know, transformations, weight loss, um, everyday health. And then joining us is also your buddy uh, and fellow IFBB Pro, Dominic Cardone. What's going on, guys? This is uh, IFBB Pro, Dominic Cardone. Um, I'm as well a prep coach. I help everyday people as well. Um, that's what I do full-time now, thank God. Um, I'm also on the road back to the stage, just coming from a back surgery. Thank you for having me, guys. Dominic, when are you hoping to get on the stage? Next year, 2019? Uh, yeah, definitely. M- most likely towards the end of the year. Um, just for the fact that, I mean, I've been out of the gym now going on 13, 14 weeks. Um, my back surgery was six weeks ago. Um, I actually just got cleared just before to go do some light training tomorrow, which is really cool. Oh, wow. That's cool. Um, yeah. So really light. And then my physical therapist is going to go more in depth with me on that. Um, so hopefully end of next year I'm, I'm shooting for. What, what all happened? Did you throw something out training or? Basically it was three herniations, um, Two of the discs were bulging, um, and it was pretty – looked like it almost exploded into my spinal canal where the nerves were. Um, it just – it was tight. started getting tight last year. I ignored it. That's why I stopped training early June, thinking it would go away. Um, early July, it really started to get bad. The nerve shocks on my back felt like a 20 out of 10 on the pain scale. Um, towards July, my legs weren't working the same. Um, I just was in pain all day. I couldn't move if, unless I took a painkiller. So then they started taking – um, they got the MRIs. Doc looked at it. He goes, this isn't, mod- this isn't mild. It's not mild. It's not even severe stenosis. He goes, your nerves are being crushed and they are going to die if we don't get those crushed discs, uh, ah, discs out of there. Um, so three days later, I was in surgery. Um, it was supposed to be a two-hour surgery. It turned out to be five and a half hours, but thank God everything went well. Um, took out a lot of bone and ligament and cleaned up those discs. So now it just got to let them recover before I go anything crazy, but I can do something light now. Well, we're definitely wishing you a fast recovery. Steve, you want to jump in there? Yeah, something with the nerves. Uh, that's a really scary thing because a lot of weight weightlifters, you know, we, we have we kind of pound each other to death. What doctor did you go to for that? What Did you go to a specialist or who did you go uh, to? Yeah, his, his name's actually uh, Rahit Verma. He's out in uh, Long Island, New York. He's excellent. He did my brother's surgery when my brother had a similar surgery when he was actually 16 weightlifting in high school. Um, he did an excellent job. I have no nerve pain now. Um, what kind of doctor was he? Uh, I guess we, we call him orthopedic. Okay. So the orthopedic, he was the actual guy, guy who did the surgery itself or did he send you to someone else? Correct. Yeah. He did it himself, which was awesome. Okay. So anyways, the topic of today's podcast is sight enhancing oils. You know, it's a very interesting topic. You know, people are very interested in things like synthol. Nick, you actually have your own product. Um, so we want to get in depth about that. I haven't used it personally, but I've heard of lots and lots of positive reviews. Good. 
before, um, before, before we get into, you know, like site enhancing oils, how to use them, the differences, all those sorts of things, both of you guys being prep coaches, when would you say is the right time for someone to even consider using a site enhancing oil? I mean, there, there's a, there's honestly a lot of scenarios. Um, the number one reason I think that for health purposes, if somebody sustains an injury um, and they have maybe a, a, a flat muscle, let's say, um, or a deflated muscle, or they have a problem connecting to that muscle, that's where my product really comes in handy. If you're talking about just straight up oil, like you know, a synthesizer or one of the painless pumps or whatever, um, you're just trying to fill out a muscle, you know, right before a show. That's like the really only the only time I'd ever say fuck with an oil. And even then, it's crucial to not really use it because you don't know what the damage is going to incur from using oil. Just put up oil, straight up oil in your body. It's not going to break down properly. Um, they claim it has enzymes in there to help break down protein synthesis, but you really don't know what's in it. They're probably just literally selling you a bottle of cottonseed oil with a little bit of BA in it and God knows what else. And you just don't know the long-term effects. I can speak from experience of using all those types of products throughout my whole career. That's why I was so big on coming out with my own product that was actually safe to use, that actually was effective, and it was not something long-term in your body. You know, you got to think about the long-term effect. You put oil in your body, it's not going anywhere. You know, that's in your body. It's not usually breaking down as much as they say it does. And I can speak from first, first experience, it hasn't. You know, that's why I have atrophied arm and I have an atrophied calf. Um, and I probably have a little bit of atrophy in my sweep, but I can't 100% prove it's from that. But um, it's dangerous to use. And the best part about using my product before a show um, is, you know, it, it gives you that swelling, the inflammation that you need maybe for a muscle that goes flat during prep or it's hard to carve up and get that fullness in that body part. Um, that's like the best part about the product. If you want to use it in the off season to maybe, you know, enhance growth in a muscle that, you know, is maybe not as caught up as to the rest of the body, it's lagging. You can use it also in that scenario. Um, but it's, it's supposed to mimic something like back in the 90s, they used to use a product called Escaline. I'm sure you guys heard of it. Um, all the pros were using it to enhance their arms, their delts, smaller body parts, nothing crazy. And just to give them that illusion on stage that they're bigger than they are. And, you know, and I think that's a lot of reason why those guys were able to keep the streamlined physique because they weren't pumping massive amounts of growth and insulin in the off season to, to grow because they knew they can get so big growing just, you know, off anabolics and PEDs and working out hard and training hard. And then when it came to stage time, they could use that to get that extra little effect on stage. And it's not necessarily cheating. It's just, it's like using anything else in this game. It's like, there's no rules when it comes to bodybuilding. It's whoever can perform the best that day and have the best physique. So they would use that right before they pump up and go on stage or the week of or however they, however they planned it. And they would have the big full chest and arms and, and Terry's muscles and delts and traps. And they weren't, they don't have big blown out waist. They were able to use that right at the very end and get that extra little, maybe a quarter inch, half inch, whatever it was around their whole body. And they looked like cartoon characters because of it. And then, you know, then people want to go bash my product or anything that's similar to it. And they're like, Oh, it's cheating. It's, it's not real. Like, it's exactly what it was in the 90s. It's exactly what it was. And if you try it, I guarantee you'll say the same thing. Like, wow, this does fucking wonders because everyone that's used it has said the same thing. You know, there's not one bad review about it. So, so, so do you think this product can be used by like 
just an average person that's like a gym rat or is this yeah, something like, just for pro bodybuilders to use? No, I think, I think the best part about it is, is that is, it is safe. Like I get kids that are 18 years old, 20 years old messaging me and I'm like, dude, if you're comfortable with injecting yourself, this is much safer than using steroids. You know, there's no PCT there's no hormone effect. There's no side effects. And if you want to just get, achieve a really good pump in a body part that you may not maybe connect with well or be able to contract that well or get a good pump in or you want to just work on your arms or delts or traps or pecs, you can really focus on that. And I'm not, I'm not saying go down the needle route because I'd rather see you use this than steroids at 18. That's for sure. You know, it's much safer in that bet. And if somebody wants to improve just the way they want to look, you know, like say you guys, you're not competing. You're like, Hey, I want bigger fucking arms and I can't get bigger arms. I train them every fucking week. Me, this might help you. You know, that's the best part about it. Let's let Dominic jump in. Dominic, what are your thoughts on site enhancing oils? Uh, well, <clears throat> to be honest, before I turned pro, um, I was never big on them. Uh, you always heard the mixed things about the dangers of them. You don't know about the long-term effects of it. Uh, but for a very short time, I did experiment with an um, oil that's on the market. And I did not like it whatsoever. I just had to see what it was about. Um, it was after I turned pro, and I did not. The pain from it was unreal. <laughs> um, the lumping from it was unreal. Um, and basically, when I just, I always like to talk to people who are way more experienced with me with whatever something may be, and I get their feedback from, you know, how do you deal with the pain? Oh, you just got to push through it. Wait, what? So I feel like my bicep's going to tear off right now. You want me to keep injecting this stuff in it and go train? That doesn't sound right. So I always tried it on i think i tried it two more times after that i wasn't a big fan of it um one product i did use that i like which is similar to hydronics which like nick is saying it's called nolatol are you guys familiar with that i've never it's, heard of it it's like the new age acycline but it's not the same they use it to when infants go into surgery and they inject the organs with it the organs become big enough to work on bodybuilders have found a use if you inject into the muscle it inflames it Problem is, it can leave a lumpy look. It can overly inflate. So you have to reel around to use it. And it was good, but, you know, to be honest, with the guys with the rounded muscle bellies, that would be better for But then again, we don't know those long-term effects of it, the inflammation factors in it's causing. So it's a risk. So when you're using sight enhancers, in my eyes, it's either before the show to enhance, like with something such as hydronics, which Nick will go into. I watched him do personally to a client, and it was amazing. Or if you're going to use it in the off-season, don't use oils because I still have a lump deep in my bicep from using what I used. God knows when that's going to go away. As Nick said, we don't know what's in these oils. This industry is full of people that claim this is this, but it's something totally else. And they don't, you know, most times people don't care about somebody's health. Um, So if I was to use a hydronics in the off-season like I did in my biceps before I got hurt, it's just simply just to push more nutrients into into the muscle because now you have more water more oxygen, more volume into the muscle. So here comes the nutrients. Um, you're stretching the fascia. Your pumps are unreal. So like I said, you're getting the growth effect from everything, all the effects of it. Nothing direct. Like you get these numerous oils that claim, you know, put this in and you have the protein in there and it's going to grow. No. The pump, the volume, and all that from the hydronics will cause growth. I have multiple clients who used it. They love it. I used it in my biceps before I got hurt. I loved it. Um, and like Nick said, it's very safe. So I would only use it just to help push past the um, plateaus that somebody may have in a certain body part. Um, and you have to have muscle in your body to do it too. There's people that think if yeah. they shoot it, you know, I'm going to have muscles. It doesn't work like that. Yeah. You know, so I would simply use it when you hit a plateau, 
um, or before the show, like Nick said, pre-stage, which worked excellent from what I see. Yeah. So can you be spe uh, specific? Are you injecting it into the peak of the muscle? Is it just like a regular oil? Or is it is it something like um, you just injecting it in, into uh, different parts of the muscle? Like say your biceps, are you just hitting the peak? Or are you hitting probably three, four spots of the bicep? Is it per day? Is it every other day? Is it once a week? What are some okay. strategies guys can do on this? Yeah. So it, it's a water-based product. And, and what that means is that it's not like oil where oil you have to kind of concentrate into particular areas where you want it because we're usually where you inject oil is kind of where it stays, you know, give or take whatever it kind of spreads out to be. Um, that's why synthol was such a pain in the ass to use. If you want to do your bicep, who, me? Oh. You're, you're good, Dom's a little hard to oh. get. Oh, okay. Um, if you wanted to do synthol, you would have to do like four injections for a bicep and it was just – it was just disgusting. You would look, feel like a, drunk, a junkie with all these needles. And, you know, pinning yourself eight times just to do your arms just wasn't practical. So the, the good thing about using this, it's not going to go through your, you know, your fascial walls, sort of say. But if you want to just improve your biceps or, you know, one head of your tricep, you don't need to be doing two or three injections. One injection is fine. And if you want to do your medial delt, you know, you don't have to worry about spotting it all over the place. And the thing is with this. If you're training hard, it's going to work very well. You can't get lazy on training just because you're using this now. It's only going to increase your pump to how hard you train with it. Um, there's no risk of injury. It's extremely safe. It disperses into the muscle and absorbs. So what that means is it's not permanent. And you don't want to put anything permanent anywhere you do. You want things to break down in your body, right? You don't want it to sit there and, and cause an abscess or capsulate a muscle or restrict blood flow like synthol does. Um, this is going to evenly disperse. It's not going to cause any deformity of the muscle and it's just going to enhance your workout. So the reason we work out is to get a pump, to, you know, in bodybuilding world, we want a bigger pump. We take all these other things to increase RBCs. We increase our nitrous oxide. We increase blood flow. This is doing everything in an injection. Literally, as soon as you do it, you start feeling your body telling your brain to rush blood and nutrients to that area where you just put it. Time you get to the gym, you almost have a sort of a pump. And then once you start pumping up, it's incredible what it does. And the swelling is unbelievable. So we, we work out to the point of getting this pump and we leave the gym hoping that our, our pump stays there for X amount of time. Because obviously, the longer your fascia stretch, the bigger the, you know, the gain supposedly we're supposed to get, right? So your pump will pretty much stay there for two, three days after you do this. So therefore, a couple hours, what you normally would get. This is giving you like, you know, two, three days of, of that tightness that you would get from, you know, from using it. And that, that's the biggest part. It's not going to replace any type of gap you have with no muscle. It's not going to fill a spot up like oil would. Um, this isn't like pouring water into a glass. It's, it's more so like adding something to your, to your workout to increase the intensity of the pump. So... As far as dosing go, dose go um, you can use it just every time you train that body part. And I also, uh, you know, I, I pump out the protocol to use for like a loading. If you're just trying to increase the size of a muscle really fast in a short period of time, I have a protocol for that. And if not, the simple method is just use it when you train, you know, once a week, you know, and just go about that way. Very simple. Um, so I have a question for Dom and Nick. Yeah. You mentioned post-injection pain from using synthol. How would that, like for our listeners who have never used synthol, how would that compare to something like Test Prop or Trenace? 
uh, well, I would, if I had a painful test probe that injected my bicep, I would definitely take that over the pain that Sinto can cause. <laughs> my arm was like, felt like it was just stuck because when, yeah. you, when you stretched it, it just felt like it wanted to tear. Mm. I remember, oh, it's awful, awful. I would definitely take, you know, gear pain over that, of course, within reason, but it just didn't feel right. Something doesn't feel right. And why does it, after you keep stabbing this muscle, that it goes away? Are you messing with the nerves in there or something? Like, we don't know. Like, how does this compound just stop hurting after multiple times? And then here you have this inflated muscle and you're stabbing it. So yeah. something just didn't feel right, you know? Um, but it was that's definitely pretty harsh with the synthol. Yeah, and your pump's never the same after you use it on a body part. It's never no. the same. No, it just, it almost is like when they put the oil in there. Like I said, I always use my biceps are one of my weaker body parts aside from my chest. So when the oil was in there, yes, did it feel full? Yeah. But it felt like it was being clogged the blood flow wasn't there and it stood like that for a while as opposed to the hydronics you put it in there's no pain zero nothing not even after unless it's a virgin muscle you may get a little of the normal um pain but the pump state you're getting blood flow all the time it doesn't feel like it's clogged and then when it's gone you don't have any lumps left over the only downside i could see the hydraulics then with that would be like the synthol it stays in there right because it's an oil so like let's say you're trying to bring up like an upper chest it would stay in there or with the hydraulics you'd have to use it daily well, or multiple times per week let me explain that to you though you know how much oil you have to use to see anything you have to use a lot it's not like you could put one cc and go oh wow my pec has improved <laughs> like you have to use junky status like they, they sell them in 100 milliliter bottles for a reason because you're going through them like water man it's like I've shot in bottles into my body and I saw nothing because just, it just depends on how your body breaks it down and absorbs it. Everyone's different. Like you might have a better reaction to it than me or Don might have an amazing reaction compared to all of us. So just cause you shot a hundred CCs, which isn't a lot in a body part, it doesn't mean it's going to increase the volume of it. It really doesn't. It's which is sad because it's supposed to do that. So that's what the fucked up part was. You would spend hours doing all these shots and then you'd sit there and go, my shit looks the same. What the fuck did I just do, you know? So at the end of the day, it didn't, it didn't really, as, as much as I want to say, like, on paper, it looks like a lot, it never, like, looks the same as you think it would, you know? It doesn't, it doesn't, it's not transparent to what you think you're doing with it on paper. Like, oh, I shot 200 cc's. You'd be like, holy shit, you probably look amazing. And then you look at your arm, it just blurred like a blob. It doesn't look like anything. So that was the downfall of it. You know, if it actually worked, I'd be all about it. I'd make my own, but <laughs> it just didn't work. It just didn't work. It was not worth the time and the pain. How, how prevalent would you say sight enhancing oils like synthol are on the pro bodybuilding scene? 95%. <laughs> I think maybe like if anybody doesn't use it, it's maybe Phil because he doesn't need it. And even then, I know he's using something, just not that. So like similar to what I have. But he's not using oil. He doesn't need to. But he's definitely using something to increase, you know, vasodilation and, and red RBCs to an area. There's plenty of other products out there that do it, just if you have availability to them, you know. And, um, you know, what do you think FST7 is? That, that's what it's built around, type, that type of training, you know. And that's, it, sounds that's, like, it sounds like guys at that level to keep up with your peers, it's like you're forced to use it, you know. I mean, there's no way of getting that type of muscle size without there's only there's only a certain level you can get to and uh, that's what i started to realize and i'm like you know what i just don't want to do this anymore i'm not dealing with doing all these i would go through a bag of 100 needles and you know 
a week, a couple days. Sometimes. Remember Rich Piana, rest in peace, um, looking at his videos. How much oil do you think that guy was on? Well, he had the PMA in his arms and chest. That's what they use in the women's, you know, the asses. He got it done in his arms and his delts and his, and his pecs. Um, so, I mean, that's a whole different world. That's like, getting, that's like getting an implant pretty much. Wow. Yeah. So he went to Mexico and got that done. But, you know, that, that's a whole other level, though. You know, that, that's cheating. I mean, that's not, yeah. <laughs> that's not bodybuilding anymore. When, when do you think, you know, guys at the top national level seeing the pro bodybuilders, when do you think they're, bent, they're getting into, you know, SEOs? Do you think they're doing that to become pro? Or do you think it's the pros are doing it to become a top pro? Dom, you can go first. Okay. Can you guys hear me good now? You're a little bit better, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, just if I need to turn it up, just tell me again. Um, so coming up in the sport, I, I was always naive to a lot of things. Oh, they don't use it. Um, only, you know, n- none of the best pros use it. Nobody in the top national level uses it. You know, you get all that. But getting to know people and learning, you know, a lot that goes on, a lot that goes on, um, mostly almost everybody uses it. On the national level stage, it's become big. It's bigger than ever, I think, is due to the popularity of Google and YouTube from certain people. Yeah. Um, but it's being used all over. I mean, national level stage, pros. Before, um, from what I was taught and the stories I've heard and people I've met, it was, you know, you turn pro, and then, you know, you maybe start to use it when you plateau. But now it's on a, on a level where even people on the amateur level are using it at the regional shows. It's, it's very widespread, which I think is, you know, not needed, but... It's out there. No. Talk to me about, you know, when, when people think Synthol, probably the first name that comes to mind is Greg Valentino. And then you have other, you know, top pros who are using these drugs and they don't, their physiques aren't distorted. Why do some people have like that weird lumpy look to their muscles from using Synthol and other people, it looks great? Well, the, the number one problem I think a lot of these amateur guys run into, they're using shit gear. And a lot of the gear they're using is, is probably lumping on them, causing the same effect that like maybe a sight enhancement would. Um, you know, a lot of these kids are buying really cheap stuff now. And the quality has never, it hasn't gotten better. It's just only gotten worse. And they're shooting these bottles of test and bottles of whatever they think it is into their body. And it's not breaking down anymore. You know, it doesn't have, your body, their bodies don't have that clean, dry, crisp look to them. You could see basically wherever they've ever shot a shot before. You know, and, you know, they're losing striations. They're losing separation and muscles. And you rarely see guys come on stage, like, looking. I don't know if you remember, like, Cody Montgomery when he turned pro. He stands out in my mind. He's like a chiseled piece of stone. You know, you could see every striation, his delts, his chest, everywhere. You know, every muscle, his brachialis, his fucking forearms, every muscle in his quad because, you know, he wasn't probably loaded up in garbage gear. Same with Dom, like, when he turned pro. Very young physique, but wasn't blurred out and, and not separated his quads look like a, a mature 30 year old person's because he's not shooting them up you know he's not putting all his gear in his sweeps to to compensate for less muscle and i think that's the major problem and then on top of it you know you had people like boston lloyd publicly show everything he did which was nonsense and i love boston as a friend but as far as a marketing campaign goes he hit on the head and he taught all these kids that to do fucked up things with their body but, you know, that's the world we're in now. We, we advertise everything we do. And the downside of that was that he didn't care at the time because he was young. 
was all these kids now just not training as hard and shooting the hell out of their body parts. And they're not at that point yet in their career where they need the extra, you know, kick. They don't even have any muscle to begin with. You know, they don't they have no foundation. And then they start doing that and it just, it just sets you backwards. It doesn't ever put you ahead doing it too early. And I ran into that problem too. And I wasn't even around in this generation. I was already before it. And I started using it very young because I had very aggressive people around me when I was young and coaches. And I wanted to be pro like immediately. So I wasn't wasting any time. I wasn't trying to be pro at 30. I was trying to be pro at, you know, 22, 23. I finally did it when I was 25. But if I could do it all over again, I definitely would have waited because now, you know, I have a bicep that doesn't ever feel anything. And I have a calf that never feels anything. Luckily, that's about it. And one of my, one of my quads is a little fucked up from shots, but the nerve endings is what you got to be, you know, afraid of. If you, if you kill a nerve or you do too many injections that capsulate something almost similar to what Dom went through to his back, like bulging disc, think about like a, a bad abscess in the body part. That's not breaking up. And it's just impinging a nerve and you're not going to know because you, you, you can't see that. It's just, you're fucked at that point. So. Dominic, what do you think these top pros are doing then? I mean, like you can get pharmacy grade tests, DECA, Anavar, things like that. But what about things like Trent? Where you can't get pharmacy grade. You think they just have like a very good underground lab hookup? What do you think they're doing? Here's my thoughts on that. So to, before I go into that, to expand on what Nick, Nick said about the quality of gear. Today, yes, you get these blurred looks. You get a lot of times somebody looks like they're using Synthol. And believe it or not, they may not be. Because like he said, they have this thing in their head. My gear is good if it causes me pain. And <laughs> if it's causing inflammation, I'm going to put it in this body part and until it shows. We've seen it. We go back and forth about clients and stuff. And the stuff we've heard and seen is unreal. Yeah, so this yeah. isn't just made up stuff off the top of our head. Yeah. Um, in terms of what the pros are doing, even the amateurs, I mean, with the non-pharmaceutical stuff, it all comes down to how the underground brand is making it too. Um, you know, let's not forget about the solvents they're putting it in, how they're making it, all that good stuff. If it actually is what they're, you know, what the power is supposed to be. Um, but, you know, today, you know, people are, I want to go with what's cheap or what everybody's saying, saying is good. And if it causes pain, it has to be good. No. So, you know, we've seen it, but in terms of quality, um, you know, it's, it's up and down, but the pros obviously have, for the most part, access to the better of the underground stuff. It, 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 something it, that always makes me laugh is that you'll always hear guys on the forums be like, oh, I got this trend. It's like a dark red. It's going to be super potent. Like, this looks sick. <laughs> <laughs> the chemical color of trend is actually white. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's amber from oxidation of heavy metals. So yeah. if you get a dark red trend, that means it's full of impurities. Yeah. But guys don't guys don't know that, right? They actually I've seen I've seen forum threads from guys who got white trend and they think it's bunk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they think it's fake. Yeah. They're like, yeah, dude, my source screwed me. I got this white trend, it looks like test. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's it's bad. And you know, the, the problem too is you know, if you're a good pro, the, there's a lot of people trying to grab you from below. And there's a lot of people who have really good connections for really good stuff. And I saw it firsthand when I, when I turned pro and um, a lot of people start trying to, you know, get your business, get, get your name on their product. And you have people from all angles trying to get you to use their compound agency or their, their friend that has a hookup somewhere. And 
it doesn't really do anything. It's very weird. It doesn't do anything for them or anybody else either because you're not disclosing that to anybody, but they just want to know that mentally, like, Phil Heath's using my gear, you know, or whoever it is. So you get a lot of opportunities to use good quality stuff for some reason. You know, if you're a good pro and people have a lot of, you know, there's a lot of pump behind you and, and, and ambition and, and, like, you know, everyone's talking about you. All these people come out of the woodwork to try to help you. And these opportunities are put in front of you, and whether you want to use it or not, that's up to you. But that's where I think a lot of the difference is between the pros and the amateurs. The amateurs don't have these opportunities in the network available. But when you turn pro and, you know, you're in the scene and you're around all these people like I have been for the last, you know, 15 years, like you meet a lot of people who have big connections to certain people who have, you know, grade A stuff. And all they're trying to do is help you. And obviously you still got to pay for it and everything, but those doors start opening for you just like anything else in any other, you know, other part of the world or whatever you do. And um, it comes very available. I remember when I turned pro, I had everything was farm grade. Like, there was nothing I didn't use besides obviously like trend and everything else that's not farm grade stuff, but I had everything, you know, top notch stuff. And I'd used literally a quarter of what I was using coming up because the stuff was actually legit and real. And, you know, that's the big difference. And then, you know, once you have those doors, it just, you've got to train hard and eat good and you're, everything works very well at that point, you know, especially if you have good genetics to turn pro as it is. So how, how can you possibly get farm grade though? Because every, pharmacy has inventory of all their stock right so if five bottles of tests are just go missing they'll know so are you buying stuff from someone that has a prescription or are you importing it from places like poland where it doesn't have the same laws and regulations a lot of stuff is stolen (laughs) it's i I, you know many times i knock on wood i've gotten people's scripts with their names on them still and their kits with their name on them and you know literally in the bag they're supposed to be get delivered in (laughs) like you know, that, that's how I got a lot of my stuff. It was probably stolen, to be honest. I mean, unfortunately. I, I'll tell you guys this, um, because I know someone who works in a drugstore. There's a reason, even if steroids were legalized sometime in our lifetime, that it's not going to be sold over the counter in a pharmacy. Because can you imagine people going in there with a bag and just grabbing stuff shoot off up, the shelf, sticking it in their bag and walking out? Because that happens every day in every single pharmacy across America. So, yeah, yeah there's tons of theft and, you know, that happened. And I don't think people grasp that when it comes yeah. to uh, steroid legalization, because these people think that steroid, even if steroids are legal, they're going to be, you know, sold at Walgreens. You know, yeah, it's, no, it's just I not going to happen, guys. No, I know. That's another thing. Back then, too, there was a lot more labs, though. Like you know, the Watson, Anavar, like you rarely see them anymore. And you know, um, God damn, what was, I don't remember all the names of stuff, but like those those pharmacies are closed doors now. They're not even in business anymore. You know, and they were a lot more, you know, popular back then for some reason. And now, like, you know, Big Pharma's got, you know, compound agencies everywhere now opening. And that's the biggest problem. You know, even your ordinary medicine is generic crap that CVS buys from somewhere. They source it from some shitty compound because they buy it cheaper, you know. I, I, yeah. You made a point of that because you ever buy like a cough medicine, the name brand versus the CVS brand. Yeah, but the CVS brand. Down. Yeah, they're the same ingredients, but it's not, it doesn't do shit. Nothing, there's nothing in it. (laughs) I don't get it. I don't get it. It doesn't make sense. That's amazing. I never buy store brand shit. It's always garbage. Always garbage. So that goes with, that goes with regular prescription medicine and people don't understand that. You know, like, like I have an Adderall and Xanax, all this other stuff I I fill all the time regularly because I take it and I once in a while get generics and I'm like, nope, I don't want it. You know, I don't want that crap because it's, I don't know what it is half the time. And they, they don't care either. They're just 
put it in your pill bottle and filling it up and send it out. Because nine times out of 10, no one cares, you know? And they're getting it for probably a quarter of the price, what they usually pay. So it's fucked up. That whole industry is fucked, really fucked. So that's the scary part, I think, you know? Dom, we know, we know SEO usage is definitely prevalent in bodybuilding. What do you think about classic physique and men's physique? Do you think those guys are using it as well? I haven't really heard anybody on the physique level using it yet. <laughs> um, but the classic level, I mean, it's coming. It's coming. I mean, we have yet to really hear about or see it. Um, there's this assumption that classic guys use less because they have to, less of gear because they have to make a weight class or something like that. Well, <laughs> for the most part, most of them are using just as much as the bodybuilders. So what's going to stop them from using anything else in the arsenal, such as um, you know, there's SEOs or GH or insulin, any of that stuff. So it's going to come out. I mean, I'm sure there's guys using it. Um, yeah. I just have yet to meet anybody that's using it. Um, but all the other, the gear and all that stuff is definitely being put, put well to use by them. Nick, tell us a little bit about your hydraulics product. Um, and then I got some listener questions for you. Yeah. So basically what, you know, we're, where we're saying, we keep saying the name hydronics, hydronics, hydronics. Um, it's made of hyaluronic acid, um, which is a collagen-based product, which is, you know, collagen is already in our bodies as it is. Um, what it's basically doing is it's increasing the size of the cell of the, you know, inside the muscle, and it's expanding it like 5,000 times the size so that it can endure more, you know, absorbing more water, fluid, and blood um, in the muscle cell itself. So that's what's causing the swelling effect. Um, that's basically all it's doing. And anything after that is going to be achieved from your workout. How, you know, how hard you train, you know, how well you stay hydrated, which is a huge factor in it. Um, how well your nutrition is, how well you, you know, um, you prepare for that workout that day and everything else on top of that, just going to make increase the, you know, the effect of my hydronics product. I get a lot of people disappointed, like, Hey bro, I didn't put two inches on my arm. Like you promised, like, I don't claim to put anything on anyone's arms until I say you've done like a full round of what I've told you to do. And that's broken down on several videos that I put out. And I don't claim to say you're ever going to get a hundred percent that amount, but I guarantee you could probably definitely increase at least one inch. Most people on your arms or whatever you're trying to increase. If you do this protocol, I show you, and that's, that's a long time thing. It's, it's a long-term thing. It's not something that's going to happen within a week or two from five bottles. And that's the biggest problem I have trying to explain it to people. This is something that you sign up for as an extra thing, like an extra oomph to your workout, just like you buy a pre-workout or um, maybe, uh, I don't know, any type of like addition product to your workout. It's just going to increase the intensity of the workout. It's going to help you achieve the goals faster. It's not going to replace anything that you don't have. Like you can't go in there having a 15-inch arm expecting you to have a 20-inch arm after you use my hydronics. It's just not going to happen. Um, Sounds like something, it's like something else to add to your arsenal. Basically. Yeah, exactly. Just yeah. another weapon to add. And the, the biggest part about the, the best part about using this stuff is something that you can use it long term. You don't have to cycle it. You don't have to like PCT. It doesn't affect your hormones in your body. So you can use it just every week before workout and have a better workout from it. And obviously doing that, it's going to in long term, it's going to have better effects on your body and you're going to see results faster. Um, you know, that's the reason why we use steroids to increase, enhance our bodies. We're just trying to enhance the workout now. And if you can get a better workout from it, I think it's worth every dollar. 
You guys, everyone buys these pre-workouts and this and that, intra that, spend God knows how much money a month on that, but they won't take something that I guarantee will feel instantly when they, as soon as they use it. Like literally as soon as you put that needle wherever you fucking put it, you're going to feel it working. And it's guaranteed. So for, you know, for the amount of money I charge for it and someone charges, what, $60 for a pre-workout, $40 for a pre-workout, and you just get cracked out on it. I just, you know, the two and two just don't, you know, they don't, they don't equal. And I tell people this all the time, like there's nothing on the market that's going to get you from like zero to 100 faster. You have to put the time in, even with steroids, growth hormone, insulin, anything you want to fucking use, nothing's overnight. And none of these kids have patience anymore. And they just want everything to be overnight success. And I'm going to have my perfect body next week. And it's not for that. It's just to add to your arsenal, like you said, and have a better workout and that's it, you know? And so uh, our listeners want to know uh, if you could tell us where can they learn more about this? Where do you sell it? And can you give them an idea of how much this is going to cost like per month? Yeah. So I have on my YouTube channel, I have about four videos breaking down everything on my Instagram and I have an Instagram for it's hydronics H2O. I, I, I release the protocols. I release how to use it, you know, how to mix it. Um, everything is out there in public. You don't have to worry about like, having anything that's not, not known or not any side effects you're going to be unaware of. Everything is out in the open, how to use it properly. And then on my website, you know, I can't publicly put videos of myself injecting myself on YouTube. I won't last. So they're actually on my membership section of my website and my forum. And I, I break down how to, you, how to inject every body part. And I go through it with you and I actually do it. Um, and I explain everything in great detail. Um, it's on my forum, my website. It's forum.wc-trainers.com. Um, as far as buying it, you go on right on the website, hydronicsh2o.com. Um, I have a special, the 10 pack is $300. So it's about $30 a bottle. There's five for 170 or two for 70, I think. Yeah, two for 70. Um, I tell people just buy the two pack first and tell me how you, what you feel. And I guarantee after you just try it one time, you're going to be like, wow, I got to add this to my arsenal. You know, um, it 100% is what I say it is. And there's no like, oh, I had to try it a couple times to feel it. No, the first time you do it, you will feel it. And that's the best part. There's nothing on the market that can guarantee that, anything. You can't shoot Equipoise Trend, take Anadrol, take Anavar, and see something happen immediately. And that's what I tell people. Like, you're going to feel this as soon as you do it. And it's not a weird effect. You're not going to, like, come down from it. I get the most wackiest questions about this. But I understand people are just cautious. But I, I thought I laid it out in every video. I, I tell everybody, like, there's nothing to be scared of. There's no yeah. side effects. They got to get that. They got to get that boost, you know, that they're going to come down, like, the crash. They, yeah. They they, think, like, it's like a pre-workout. Everything's all about that with the 20-year-old 20, 20 Go, go buy a bottle of shit, <laughs> a bottle of fucking powder. God, God knows what's in it and take it. Like, five scoops of it the first time. Like, I just don't, there's no, like, just because you inject it doesn't mean it's more dangerous. Yeah. They want to feel like something during their workout that, like, blows them away. They, it's like, <laughs> I got to feel energy, you know? Yeah, just like, work out. like, dude, just go <laughs> fucking work out and use it. Nothing bad's going to happen. You know, it's, it's crazy, though. And there's a couple of products out there that want to be mine, and they were out there before mine, but none of them are actually the way, they're not, they're not, they're not sold to you the proper way. You know, they have other products in there to give them an extra long shelf life. Mine, you have to obviously reconstitute it once you get it with backwater, uh, bacterial static water, because if I sold it to you mixed already, there's no shelf life. You literally have to mix this right prior to working out and use the bottle that it comes in. It comes in 4cc bottles because you're going to use all of that right before you train. 
And there's other, there's other companies out there trying to mimic my product, but they're like oil slash water-based products. And they have products in there that you don't know what's in there. You're going back to the whole synthol road, you know, and PJ Braun can back this up. He used one of the other companies and it left a ginormous knot in his shoulder. And he had literally has like a three inch long welt in his shoulder. Now they probably has to get cut out from one of them. I think it's like amp posing. I think it's called AMP. And they claim to be hyaluronic acid, but hyaluronic acid doesn't come in an oil slash water mix. It's not a 50-50 product. So they're not pure. Mine's 100% pure, just hyaluronic acid. That's the only thing it is. And um, there's nothing dangerous. for one workout. Yeah, one bottle for one workout, right? You would, you would, the, the, the dose, it's dosed out to use two cc's per shot in each body part. So if you want to train your delts, you put two and two, or your, your biceps, two and two. And that's all we dosed it for because you don't need anything more to feel it. And anything less, it's not going to give you the full effect. So people are like, oh, I'll do, I'll do one cc. I'm like, you're not going to feel the whole effect of it. Just like you'd buy a scooper for a protein powder. If it says 25 grams per one scoop, like that's what you do. You know, you don't take half of it. So um, I try to answer all the questions. I'm always available for anybody to ask. I get DMs like all day long about it. You know, literally all day. So if you have any questions, they're always available to ask me. So there's nothing left in the dark. Then because it's water-based, what syringe right. would you use? Would you use like a 27 gauge? Yeah, so it goes right through an insulin pin. Um, the best technique is to probably use something a little bigger, like a, you know, an 18 or 20, just suck it up real quick. So you're not sitting there for like <laughs> five minutes trying to suck it through it. But it goes right through anything. It's water. It's, it's, it's as thin as water. It doesn't get any thicker. And it's a little bit of a gel because hyaluronic acid isn't 100%, um, you know, in a, in a regular state, it's not a solid or it's not a liquid. It's like a little bit of a jelly, uh, but it goes right through and it sucks right up. And then I just usually change the pinhead and you don't have to go deep like synthol for people that never use synthol. You have to supposedly go under the muscle. Now, why would they tell you to go under the muscle? That seems a little weird because supposedly synthol is supposed to push your muscle into the skin. That's what it's supposed to do, supposedly. But how the fuck do you do that without seeing your muscle? I always thought about that. Everyone's like, oh, I got to use an inch and a half. got to get deep. And I'm like, dude, how am I going to know where my muscle belly ends anyway? Like, who puts a two-inch needle through their arm? That's the most dumbest thing I've ever heard. You're going to hit nerves and blood vessels and everything else. So that's the best part about this, too. Like, you just need to like, use a five-eighth. Like, if you're not fat, you're not going through many layers anyway the skin and the muscles right here. So as long as it gets into your muscle belly, you're totally good to go. You're going to feel it right away. Um, and there's no pain, no pain. You're not going to feel any craziness, like the tightness you would get from synthol, where it's like you want to kill somebody. Um, so just to clarify what you said, the 1820, that would be with the draw from the bottom. Yeah, I would draw with that, and you can use okay. 27, 28, 29, whatever you want to use. Yeah. Okay, just so our listeners don't uh, try to... Yeah, don't put a 20 gauge in your arm. That'd be a little scary. <laughs> so got, uh, I got some listener questions for you. Um, Alex asks, is your SEO cross-linked? Because if it's not cross-linked, then the hyaluronic acid won't stay in the site long enough. But I don't think his product is, but I'd be interested to know otherwise. Listen, all the research I've done with this, and my partner that I made this with is actually a plastic surgeon. And he makes his own products like it's AKA just Juvederm is what they use in people's faces. And hyaluronic acid is one of the chemicals in that. 
and it's to add the inflammation to their face because they're trying to use like it's like a filler. Juvederm is a filler for your face, and it's extremely safe because they use it in their face. And he told me there's only one hyaluronic acid. I get this question all the time, like which type it is, and there's only one type of hyaluronic acid. And then there's supposedly one that's like from, uh, it's like uh, a plant-based one or something, or like uh, uh, there's a weird question I always get asked people, like which one it is. It's 100% pure hyaluronic acid. That's all I can tell you. And there's no like cross link. People try to bring up these weird terms to me to try to make me feel stupid. And I tell them, <laughs> I just asked my partner and he makes it for a living in our, in our factory, which is like 10 minutes from my house. And when I go there, I ask him all the time, like, is this like, a, he's like, no. He's like, just stop asking these questions. They're not real. And I'm like, where are people getting this information from? He's like, dude, the fucking internet, you know, everyone believes what they read, you know, and there's forums on there. I've seen in the threads about all these different hyaluronic acids, supposedly on the market for sale. And you can buy like the powder and make your own. And I'm like, dude, I'm like, that sounds like a disaster. Like, cause it's obviously not ready to shoot into your arm hyaluronic acid, you know, just like the same thing what I have. Like if it was that easy, then everybody making it, it's not that easy. Um, it's gotta be manufactured properly. So, um, I don't know about the cross link about, you know, the get in touch with Batman signal. I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. <laughs> Mike asks, assuming the client is on gear, wouldn't an arimatase inhibitor dry out the muscle that was shot with the hydronics since AIs pull excess water from the body? Dom, you want to answer this? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, Dominic, you go. And then I'll, I'll clarify. But I do have a follow-up question on that. Okay. Um, well, no. An anti, you know, AI will not affect the hyaluronic <laughs> acid at all. It's totally different. Um, you know, we use an AI, AI to block estrogen conversion, get estrogen water out, you know, fat deposits, all that good stuff, whatever. It will not affect the hyaluronic acid whatsoever because if we were able to draw water out of the body like that with <laughs> anti-estrogens, then why don't we use them as diuretics for shows? No. You know, so no, it doesn't have any effect on that. And I can say that because Nick has shown me multiple uh, very good pros who are using it, you know, and they're real close to a couple of shows and it's not affecting it at all. So it won't have any effect on it. Yeah, Hyaluronic acid and what we're doing is intracellular water, which is within the muscle, the muscle belly. It's like a pocket. And like within that muscle belly is, you know, the cells. So within those cells, it's expanding them under, inside your muscle tissue. So like people are talking about, like they're talking about the water that's between your skin and your muscle. It doesn't dry you out. It doesn't suck water. Like people are not, they don't really understand the anatomy of the body. So they can't really put it into like a visual, but every muscle belly is like its own little bag, right? Essentially. And yeah. So, so basically you have intracellular and extracellular right. water. So right. Exactly. Cellular is the water inside your muscle. Yeah. Extracellular is the water in between your muscle and your fat. Yeah. That's that doesn't touch that. That's nothing to do with hyaluronic acid. Yeah, so like extracellular water, that's what hides muscle definition. That's what you want to get rid of. That's diuretics. Water, that's what you want. That's what's inside your muscle. Yeah, and then the estrogen is going to block, obviously, fat tissue, fat deposits, and, you know, that doesn't stop water from being in your body. <laughs> but um, Our listeners, um, they, they come I get up that with the craziest a thing. No, I it's, a good, it's a good question, though, because, yeah, people, you know... People ask if they can inject it into their waist and they want to, like, pull water from their waist. I'm like, please don't do that. <laughs> like, <laughs> please don't inflame your waist, your abs, with hot yeah. <laughs> That will not be pretty. 
What else we got, Trevor? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us a little bit about what's next for you. So, I mean, I don't know too much about you. I know you're a young pro. I know you really exploded on the scene, then you got injured. Um, are you basically what's what's your first show you're planning for 2019? Uh, well, I. Turn pro real quick. I turned pro when I was 21 in 2014. Nick has heard the story 10 times already on a show. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Nick. Uh, 2014, I turned pro. I won the heavyweight class at Nationals. Um, took some time off. My house burned down in 2015. Um, got back to it. Competed in 2016 at the New York Pro. Um, but unfortunately, at six weeks out, my mom went into a coma. She was dealing with leukemia. I lived in the hospital for the prep. She died two and a half weeks out to three weeks out. And that was a disaster. And ever since then, um, I didn't know when or if I would ever get back to bodybuilding because you know, finances were bad. My mental state was definitely bad. Physically, I was just on and off bodybuilding. I tried to come back multiple times. Um, however, but as of you know, last year, I've really been pushing the coaching business. I realized the potential it has. I put my mind to it. Um, me and Nick have been friends for years. Earlier this year, we linked back up, and he's been helping me tremendously with business and whatnot. We linked up with the YouTube. So life is good now. Finances are doing good, thank God. My business is going good. I've been planning for more longevity. Um, the only thing that was holding me back in the comeback this year, like you said, was the back injury. Um, I just didn't expect it to be bad enough to where I, need, to where I needed um, surgery. So I don't have a target show at the moment. I know it will be at the end of next year somewhere. Um, right now, like I said, I'm going to start weight training tomorrow very light, which is cool. Um, and whatever happens, happens. Usually I pull together pretty crazy transformations. So whenever I come off everything and give my body a break, I explode bigger than ever the next time. So you're only what? You're, pretty, you're, you're what, 25, 26 now, right? Yeah, I'm 25 now. Okay. You seem very mature for your age. Is this all this like disaster that's happened in the past few years really? Don't believe it. Don't mature. believe it. Oh, really? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> no, you know what? Ever since I got into bodybuilding, I was 15. Um, all my friends were older since then. They, when I was 15, 16, my friends were 24, 25. I was in the gym training with them. And I guess, you know, plus two is the way my parents raised me. You know, I've been work, I've worked since I was a kid doing construction with my dad. Um, you know, we always were raised, I guess, old school, you know, so we had to mature a bit quicker. Um, and as I said, my friends were older and then when everything bad happened in my life, which was a lot, I guess I had to really step up to the plate even further. For the young guys listening to this show, Dom, you turned pro at 21. That's very, very young. What do you, what do you think was the reason for that? Do you think it was genetics? Do you think it was work ethic? To be honest, it's a combination of everything. And by everything, genetics definitely played a part. Played a part. Um, you know, humbly speaking, I did pretty well in all the shows I did since I was a teenager. Um, my work ethic, when I put my mind to something, it's 200% or nothing. So when it was time to buckle down, you know, I gave everything. So combine that with good genetics, um, you know, I turned pro at 21. And on top of that, too, what I want to stress to the younger viewers is, too, um, I wasn't 100% year-round since I started. I took time. I made sure I came off, come off everything. I got my blood work done. I enjoyed life a little bit as well. And this actually worked in my favor to improving every single year. I never stalled out. I always stayed healthy to this day, aside from you know, my back injury, things like that. Um, but all those things play a part. And I like to stress to the younger guys, it's, you know, as I was taught, it's a marathon, not a sprint. And I didn't intend to turn pro at 21 
I thought maybe late twenties. I didn't want to do nationals until I was 25, 26. But my coach at, when I was 21, when I won the Eastern USA two weeks before, he said, go to nationals. And it sort of worked out in my favor. <laughs> so you are doing coaching now to kind of make ends meet, or are you still doing the construction stuff on the side? No, thank God. So I've been helping people. I don't like to say coaching, but helping people since I was 16. My dad was my first client. Um, he told me, experiment on me, just don't kill me. So since then, throughout, <laughs> so since then, throughout the years, he is. Um, since then, throughout the years, I always assisted people. I always learned. I always did research on my own. I didn't just, you know, do what my coaches told me to my clients. Um, when I turned pro, I had more of a demand from it. Um, but I never really promoted it that much. People just came to me. And it wasn't anything crazy, but I made good money on it, thank God, you know, the past couple of years. Um, but then last year, I was back to doing construction with my dad. Um, and one day I just woke up and I'm like, what the hell am I doing? Do I really want to do this for the rest of my life? Or do I want to create the rest of my life? And another thing to the younger viewers, being a bodybuilder is not a job. It's not a career. You will not turn pro and make all this money. Those days are done. And even if they were like that, I would say have a backup plan because you never know what tomorrow holds. So I always seen I had some sort of talent, you know, humbly speaking with coaching. Um, people always came in shape, I, you know. So I just woke up. I'm like, screw this. I'm going to put my mind to it. And, you know, I want to be happy with my life. And I also want to plan longevity, too. It's not just to meet ends meet. It's not just to pay my bodybuilding bills when I compete. I truly wanted to plan ahead for my future, my future family, myself. Um, and I put my mind to it. I learned a lot about marketing. Nick, once... Me and Nick hooked back up. He's helped me take it to another different level in terms of, you know, learning about business and stuff. So combine that with, you know, my talent and my eye of coaching, and I'm constantly improving. It's my full-time job now, thank God, and I'm doing well. Yeah. Tell us your website, Dom. Uh, you can find my website. It's uh, www.cardonnutrition.com. And I like that New York accent, the way you said it, Cardone Nutrition. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of Italians up there in New York, huh? Oh, yeah. Oh, not yeah. many, not many, huh? It's a minority. <laughs> we're, we're fading now fast. <laughs> You're coming down to Florida. You guys are all fleeing. I want to come down to Florida soon. I hate it here, dude. It's miserable. Is that where you are? I'm, no, I'm trying to move to Florida next year. You're, you're still in Canada, right? Yeah, man. I'm up here with the polar bears. <laughs> That's oh, something. man, uh, life's good in Florida. I went kayaking, beach, island, had a whole island myself. Yesterday I went to the Dolphin game. Longest game in, NF in sports know, history. Over seven hours at the stadium. So <laughs> it, yeah, that's, that's life. South Florida life. So come on down. Yeah, you'll love it down here. Imagine, imagine you get a babysitter for that game. And you're that, that's how a lot of people have to leave because they have babysitters. So yeah. they had lives. I have no life, so I could stay there all day. <laughs> it don't matter to me. <laughs> I just yeah. got my cat over here, and you got your dog, right, Nick? We saw Nick's dog. Uh, he's got yeah, a little. My dog. my dog goes everywhere. I mean, he's like a little Boston Terrier, right? French bulldog. French bulldog. Okay. Yeah, I brought her to North America with me too, so she was there supporting. Don, are you single? Uh, no, I have a girlfriend. What do you What are your thoughts on? Because like I see a lot of young guys trying to become pro at a young age. Did you have a girlfriend helping you that whole time, or are you doing everything on yourself? To be honest. Um, I've had girlfriends since I was a teenager. Um, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
What I meant to say, I, like, tr- like, truthfully, like, I have clients who, um, you know, are young. And I honestly tell them, you know, bodybuilding is a selfish sport. Don't get into a relationship until you're done and you have like a more balanced lifestyle. What, what, what's your thoughts on that? Okay. What I meant to say was as every time I competed, I always had a girlfriend in the past throughout my teenage years. Um, and did they help me? No. Um, I chose not to be, I like to do it on my own. Um, I just, it's just me. Um, you know, if they want to be a part of the journey, you know, sure. But in terms of like cooking my food and all that good stuff, I always like to do it on my own. It's just how I am. I, I don't know. Um, in terms of, you know, to younger kids competing and relationships and stuff, I'm going to be honest, do not let competing hold you back from your life. Because one thing my dad taught me when I was younger, do not let life pass you by because the one worst thing you can live with is regret. And I made sure, even though I was focused on my competing when I was a teenager and all that good stuff, the one thing I made sure I did was I made sure I had my fun when I was able to have my fun, hang out with my friends whenever I could. You know, there's a time and place, um, meet girls, all that good stuff. Because next thing you know, you're 25 or 30 and you look back and you may not have much from bodybuilding. And, you know, you missed out on family time, friend time, possible relationships. Um, so my best advice to expand on that further to younger guys about relationships and bodybuilding, you know, don't run from it and say because you're competing, but how can you fit it in? Bodybuilding is a hobby. It's a part of your life. Make it a part of your life. Don't make it your life. Um, you know, if you love somebody, you'll find a way to balance everything together and not be nasty to them. I believe in that. Um, because there's actually one person uh, who is a very good example. This is my father. He never lifted a weight, never anything, until he seen me first compete. He started off with a diet, said a couple weeks later he wanted to compete. Next year he was on stage winning his class. And throughout all this, you know, there's, I have two brothers and a younger sister, so there's four of us and then my mom when we all live together. And he, all, he worked six, or seven, six days a week, usually six to seven, depending, 10 to 12-hour days, um, and he always found time to talk to us, always never got nasty with us on Sundays. He would cook us the food that he wanted to eat. So there's no reason why somebody can't have a life and do well in bodybuilding and have relationships. So don't let that hold you back guys, because if you truly care about somebody and this, you would make it work. Yeah. I think, I think, I think I can add to that. It, the, the number one thing people don't understand is like there's very, very, very few people that are going to make it in bodybuilding. So usually the odds of you getting a career out of this is very slim to none. It's, it's probably never going to happen. You have a better chance of probably winning the lottery. Like look at how many people are actually good at this sport or getting rewarded for it. There's, there's 10 guys at the Olympia that are worth ever saying there's something, they're actually good. Like 10 people, that's a very small percentage. It's not like the NBA where you got 400 guys playing every year. You know, and, you know, they're always closing and opening doors in NBA, NFL and stuff like that. Bodybuilding, usually when a guy gets up there, he's usually there for a while. You know, a good 10 years, usually eight to 10 years. Um, So just you got to like Tom said, you got to have balance with this and not make it your first priority. Obviously, take it serious if you care about it and and do the best you can at it. But don't be like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to the gym today instead of going to my, my, my sister's birthday party. Or I'm not going to go to the beach day with my friends because I got to work out. Like, just make it work. Get up a little earlier. Stay up a little later. You know, make time for it. Don't be a lazy fuck and just miss out on life because you got to do train calves today. Like, 
bro, that one workout that week is not going to change anything. I promise you, you know? Um, and then, you know, base your schedule every week out ahead of time, you know, prioritize every week, have a schedule. If you don't do that, if you don't plan in this sport, you're never going to make it, make of anything of it. Cause the people that do it day by day and don't plan anything usually don't become anything in the sport. I noticed that's just from seeing friends that want to try to do it. Competitors that want to try to do it. Um, and you always got to have a job. You always got money coming in a lot of money, two, three jobs. You know, you can't, can't just depend on one source of income for this. You got to have a job that pays for bodybuilding and a job that pays for you know, your life. So <laughs> there's, there's not just one, one job scenario, but then you also got to pick a job that makes, you know, that, that, um, uh, what do you call it? What's the word that, uh, works for bodybuilding. Cause you yeah. can't have like an intense labor job and be a best bodybuilder in the world. Like you can't be like Dom who's doing fucking cement, you know, being a Mason every day, schlepping cement around and shit. Being, you know, it's just not going to work. So, are you going to be a stripper and kind of, you know, use your I, I talents before, for both? I've done that before. <laughs> <laughs> I've had every job possible. <laughs> so, there's not good money in it, though. So, <laughs> guys, this is really good advice um, from guys who have been there and done that. So, hearing firsthand from two IFBB pros that have a life outside of bodybuilding, you know, keep it all in balance. And that's actually going to make you a better bodybuilder because you like to think that you can have your foot on the gas floor 24 seven, but you can't, you're going to get burnt out, you know, so it's that 80, 20 rule. And that's the hardest thing to teach people is to periodize your intensity that when it's the time to relax and, you know, go out to a movie with your girlfriend, do that a hundred percent. But when it's the time to train, train a hundred percent, you know, periodize your intensity. Right. Um, Mark Lobliner is really good at that. And one thing he really said um, He's amazing, on the show, that was a great piece of advice. He said, like, the reason I do everything is, like, when I dad, I dad hard. When I train, I train hard. When I wife, I wife hard. You know, it's like I'm, I pick one thing and I do it hard. And that's why I can do so many things because I'm not I, – I focus on the task at hand. Yeah, it's very good advice, actually. Yeah, Mark's a good guy. Yeah, I like Mark. Mark's awesome. And – um that, that's a good way of putting it and also a very understanding way to put it because most people are always in, they're out in the present time nowadays because of phones, you know, they're, they're at the gym, but they're on their phone They're we're hanging out with your girlfriend, but you're on your phone and vice versa. You're at the movies or on your phone. You're not like really there all the time. And the, the phone's the biggest problem that, that ruins most of our lives now because it's part of us. I freaking you know, we, hate that phone, man. It's always going on. Yeah. Like you have to post something if you do it. Like, no, no, you don't. You don't have to post anything. Like, no one gives a fuck at the end of the day. <laughs> it just it literally what you post is for someone else's entertainment because they're bored, you know, so they really don't care what you're doing unless you're, you know, obviously for a business point of view, I get it fine. But just because you want to post something because you want to post something like to, to ruin your relationship or to ruin that moment because you just have to post it, I think is the most retarded thing. I just I absolutely hate it, to be honest with you. Um, it's kind but of, it's kind of like porn. The guys watching porn are the guys <laughs> get a real girl. Yeah, exactly, exactly. They have no real friends. The people watching your shit all day long, watching everything you do, they have no life. So, you got like a, a good wife or girlfriend. You don't need to watch porn because you're no, you're no. <laughs> Unless your wife, you know, just doesn't put out. <laughs> <laughs> they just get some hookers too. You know, go to a strip club, whatever. <laughs> For your host, Trevor Gritson, for my co-host, Steve Smeenan, for our two guests, IFBB Pro Nick Trigilli and IFBB Pro Dominic Cardone. This is another episode of Evolutionary Radio. Live your life, look good doing it. Thanks for listening.